guys, and welcome back to the Brown Girl White Coat Podcast. So as promised, today I have my wonderful sister. <laughs> Say hi. Hi, guys. So her name is Sunvi. She is an OBGYN, like I've mentioned two million times before. And today we're going to do a bit of a sister catch-up episode. We're going to talk about residency, med school. She's going to give me the deets on what I should be looking at for residency. And so hopefully that'll be really helpful for you guys as well. Like always, we're going to start the episode with some highs and lows and our favorites of the week. So (laughs) I hope I don't scare your audience. (laughs) (laughs) She has no life, so she was a little bit worried about whether this would be entertaining for anybody. Yeah, I'm not really like cutesy, you know, like (laughs) da-da-da-da, I use a new product or something like that. She does the same thing every day, but we stand that. And I like my routine. Yes. All right. That's true. (laughs) Okay, so I'll let you go ahead and start. You can say your high for the week, other than seeing me my face. (laughs) Okay. Well, that was certainly a high. It's really funny. Whenever we get together, we take a bunch of pictures. So one of my friends who's like going through my photo just sees like no pictures of Sai, no pictures. (laughs) And then all of a sudden there's 20 every single like winter, every single summer. And he's like, yeah, you really love your sister. (laughs) I guess it's obvious. Um, Okay. But my high, it's going to be, it's going to be kind of corny and cheesy. I love that. Kind of nerdy, but I spent the entire week on oncology. That's what I love and I want to do with hopefully the rest of my life. Yeah. So I dissected some weird stuff in the abdomen. Yeah. And I was operating with one of my favorite oncology attendings Mm -hmm. and we did surgery together. After that surgery, I was like, wow, I took out this lady's cancer. Yeah. I possibly cured her of cancer. Wow. I am nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I am a nobody. (laughs) You know, I mean, obviously it wasn't just me. It was the attending doing most of that stuff, but I went home with, I was high on clouds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Does that really make a difference on like who you do the surgery with? Like if you have like a good attending that you really like, it makes it go smoother and all that. So there's really like multiple different types of attendings. Some of the ones that I've worked with are the ones, you know, they want to get the case started and then they want to try and get out of it as soon as possible because they're not comfortable on the operating table. But some of them are like, okay, what is this big vessel? And I'm like, hey, that's the aorta. And they're pointing to it. (laughs) with like something that you could possibly poke the aorta with so they're so comfortable yeah on that operating table to the extent that they're going to teach you every little thing and that's the person that I worked with yeah so that was just incredible Aww. that was my high see I told you nerdy but no that's not nerdy <laughs> that's so lovely <laughs> <laughs> but the good part about it being like the nerdy part about it is that I am I love being in the operating room and I'm an operating junkie yeah that adrenaline it, adrenaline junkie that's what it's called I think. yeah and I think most people would qualify that as like jumping out of an airplane or something <laughs> definitely <laughs> except you have someone else's life on your hands <laughs> not so, just your own <laughs> debatably more of an adrenaline rush than right. at right. that point right so if you screw up you know you have someone else's life on your hands and then possibly your own life too because <laughs> practice. Exactly. Well, hopefully not at the level of residency but you know I have malpractice insurance for $12 a month or a year <laughs> that's what I'm worth well you know it'll go up <laughs> How about you? What was your high? So my high is nothing compared to that. (laughs) But honestly, it's just being at home like it was 
for the past couple weeks probably I've been having a really relaxing time at home and now like all four of us are in the same house like my mom my dad and my sister now and so I feel like it's just like whole again like it feels like times when I was like in high school or something it feels like we never all left the house you know this is the first Christmas that we weren't all together at. yeah it is currently Saturday morning at like 11 in the morning right now on the 30th of or 29th of December and like it's past all of that like good stuff but we still have New Year's to look forward to you know I take it back I'm not the cheesy one she is I am cheesy (laughs) let me be (laughs) I have like a different voice when I talk to you (laughs) versus when I talk like by myself in a room that's my high, just being at home. Um, we're going to go do some fun stuff today. We're probably going to go to the mall, which is my favorite. I um, earn money now, so I want to spend it on people I love. Aww. Quite literally. Corny. <laughs> <laughs> so going to buy Say some things. Yes. And then my mom some things as well. They're the easy ones to shop for. Oh, that's true. We tell you exactly what we want. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, follow that up with the other end of the spectrum. What is your low for the oh, week? Oh my gosh. My low. Uh, you know, you guys are going to think that my entire life is around residency, but it pretty much is. So <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys. My low was there was one day where I was exhausted, like mm. literally so tired. I hadn't eaten much all day. The most I drank was coffee. Like I drank more coffee than water that day. I got home and before getting home, I made a pit stop to um, one of the grocery stores and I bought everything I wanted to eat including ice cream, including chips, including... I'm taken aback. <laughs> including pasta or like, I think it was um, truffle mac and cheese, actually. Oh. And it's just this dumb frozen little thing, but it's so good. Yeah. And I was craving it. So I ate every single thing I was craving. And then I proceeded to lay horizontal on my couch <laughs> and watch Grey's Anatomy. And Which then... decreases gastric <laughs> emptying. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. She knows. <laughs> and that was my low. It's like, wow, I am... A fat soul at home. <laughs> that's so funny because in my first episode, I was like, I'm a fat potato. And I feel like <laughs> that's all we talk about. While it was fun to eat all the things I wanted to eat, I gotta say, the reason why it was a low was because, you know, you just feel even more tired. Yeah. After after laying on the couch, belly full, yeah. you're happy momentarily, and then after that, you're like, oh, man, I really need to work out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a cycle. Yeah, exactly. The feeling that way. Yeah, my low is that I have to go back to med school. <laughs> Med school is great some of the time, but I'm just sad that I have to like snap back into reality so quickly. Like we start classes on the day that I get back Mm -hmm. into town. And so I have to quite literally snap back to reality in like the span of three hours and go home. My place is relatively clean. It could have been cleaner. (laughs) And so I'm dreading coming back to that. Yeah, then I have to go to a mandatory class at like 1 p.m. Yeah. And life goes on. Right. Go from doing nothing to doing everything all of a sudden. Yeah. It's going to be like a a slow to start again like it was when I first started med school where there's a bit of a objects at rest, stay at rest. Yeah. So that's my natural tendency now is to stay at rest. But yeah, got to get going. You'll do it though. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) You have to, I guess. I know. You're forced into it now. (laughs) They, They just see how much you can handle and see if and you just have to adapt. There's no give to it. So we're going to go into another segment of our favorites for the week. So this can be anything from products to music to 
whatever you put on your body or anything. <laughs> so I had to open that up a little bit because my sister really doesn't use makeup products or any anything new on her face or anything like that. Except, you know, when some new product comes on, on the line, I'm like, I want that. And then it just stays in my makeup drawer and I don't really use it. That's what happens. Yeah. She so don't me. send her PR companies. <laughs> don't send her any PR. <laughs> she, she stops me from buying too much. She's like, you're never going to use this. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's because you have moments, peaks, little peaks where you want to use like bright eyeshadow <laughs> and then you're like, I could do a look with that. I'm like, for where? <laughs> the it's hospital? True. true. So I'm going to let Say go first on this one while I think. <laughs> <laughs> I actually should have probably pulled this up on my Amazon. Okay, so my favorite of the week, probably the whole winter season, has been this teddy jacket that everyone probably has. I actually was at a Starbucks the other day and I saw a girl that was wearing the exact same one. So I'm sure everyone is getting these from Amazon, but if you want one and you don't want to spring for the IMG jacket like me because you live in a hot climate and you'll probably never wear it other than like one month out of the year, go for this one that I found on Amazon. It is called, <clears throat> brace yourself, it's called the Women's Coat Casual Label Fleece Fuzzy Faux Shirling Zipper Coats Warm Winter Oversized Outerwear Jackets, plural. <laughs> and when I bought it, it was $28 on Amazon. And it's in the khaki camel color, and I really like it because it's super warm, so I can wear it with, like, a sweater underneath in cold Ohio weather and be completely toasty all day. And it's super soft, so... If you're in my med school class, catch me wearing it in McMillan in our lecture hall as a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's adorable. You know, I kind of wish that I had some new clothes, but I don't. I, <laughs> I bought you some. <laughs> you did. You did. And I'm excited to try those on. But I wear scrubs most of the day, most of the days. So I don't. I buy new things for sure, but I save those for the weekend. Yeah. I wanted to get you figs because everyone has figs and they fit really well. I've heard good things. Yeah. So if anyone has experience with figs and thinks that they're worth the high price tag, let me know. Yeah. So my favorite thing of the week, probably decorating my apartment. Mm -hmm. I do that. I've started doing that sort of on a slow, gradual basis. You know, I went to Philadelphia where I'm doing my residency with nothing but my luggage from Ohio. I sold all of my furniture. I didn't even have a mattress. Mm -hmm. As Say very well remembers, we slept on the floor for <laughs> yeah. the first couple of weeks, yeah. uh, first couple of days, days. of my life. Yeah. Uh, felt like weeks. But um, <laughs> now I have a TV and I have frames that are hanging up on my walls. They're not so barren anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's the little things like that. that Did you say barren? <laughs> like a I barren do. woman? <laughs> oh my God. Bear <laughs> would be me, the word to tell use. Tell me that you're going to edit that out. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, um, yeah, you see, I guess residency does run in my life. <laughs> barren yeah. is a word. Yeah, but barren walls? I guess you could say that. Exactly. I feel like I your mind wanted to say bear, though, and you said barren based on, like, subtle context. So, yeah. How have you been decorating your house? Where do you shop for things? I really want to be the kind of person that shops on expensive websites like CB2 and West Elm. I go on those to get inspiration, but I can't afford any of that right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, so because she I buys me too many presents. <laughs> But, yeah, mainly just, like, Wayfair, Ashley Furnitures, some stuff from Ikea. Not yeah. much. A lot of the stuff that I have now is really nice, though. It's yeah. really just about how you put it together. Yeah. And if you get, like, one really good expensive piece and then just, like, have everything else that kind of 
right surrounds it and at this point that's my tv and my couch <laughs> and your couch yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say the big pieces the pieces that make me that enable me to be a couch potato <laughs> they're gonna think we really like starches <laughs> <laughs> which is not true which is true for me <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs> So now we're going to go into the meat of this episode, which is really just talking about residency with my sister and talking about what her day-to-day is like and some other questions that I've written down for her that she's currently looking at, (laughs) mulling over. Um, So what is your schedule like weekly? So as you guys already know, I am in OBGYN. So there's really two different aspects to that, right? So there's the OB part, which is the labor and managing pregnant women when before delivering and then after delivering and during delivering. And then there's the GYN side of it too, which is more of that pelvic surgery, you know, patients that are postmenopausal or not pregnant coming in complaining of things. So on the OB side, it can get very hectic. Mm -hmm. Labor is hectic because you have no idea when a patient is going to deliver. Yeah. There is no way to really predict it so sometimes i'm in the ob triage area which is basically like the ob emergency room we have about seven to eight rooms Mm -hmm. and there are screaming women (laughs) laboring and i'm like oh my god i have to get these people into a room otherwise i'm gonna have a baby in the bed (laughs) (laughs) and i'm telling you that's how it is sometimes intense (laughs) yeah yeah it's organized chaos yeah well meanwhile when i'm on gyn which is You know, I love delivering babies, but GYN surgery is probably one of my favorite parts of the whole specialty. GYN is much more calculated. You definitely have those patients that are bleeding and coming into the emergency room, and sometimes it's a real big emergency, Mm -hmm. but you also have scheduled surgeries. Right. And it just depends on what kind of life you want and what kind of thing gets you going. Yeah. Sometimes it's a mixture of both, and that's what OBGYN is, and that's what my life is right now. Yeah. Sometimes I'm delivering baby after baby, running to one room from the next to the next, delivering and then catching up on my notes. Sometimes I'm eating a bagel, living the life, waiting for my surgery to go. Yeah. People are really going to realize how similar we are because I talk about bagels (laughs) a lot too. (laughs) Bagels and coffee and that's all I talk about and being a potato. I I would eat a bagel a day when I was on GYN because I'd have so much time. Yeah. And I made myself stop because (laughs) it was time to start working out. Yeah, true. So speaking of like having that like balance between the two – I know that you've said to me that that's a reason why you ended up choosing OBGYN. Yeah. So can you talk more about that and like why you decided to pick that specialty? Yeah. So, you know, for all the third year medical students out there, this goes to you Mm -hmm. and all the ones that are going to be third years and to you, obviously, because you're just just in the beginning. Yeah. Um, You go through all of your rotations and you realize what aspects you like and what you don't. Yeah. So I thought going in, I was like, oh, I love internal medicine. It it makes you think. I I'm going to be a cardiologist. I went in knowing exactly what I wanted. And then my first rotation was urology Mm -hmm. and so far off from internal medicine and cardiology, right? Like Mm -hmm. two different poles on the body. (laughs) Yeah. And I ended up loving it. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, hang on a second. I think I like operating. Mm -hmm. What's going on? This is turning my life upside down. (laughs) So... I went through most of third year thinking still, you know, maybe urology, maybe internal medicine. Got to internal medicine, liked the thinking part of it. Like, why is this patient coming in with this? Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's so many different things that could go on. Right. And coming up with a differential and running tests. But then the part that I hated was if I wanted to know something, 
All I had to do was click a button and put that order in. Mm. I didn't get to do much with my hands. I see. And so I was like, what offers me a mixture of both? I get to operate. I get to think through physiology. I get to order tests. And OBGYN was the thing that popped up to me. Yeah. I got into that rotation and I actually started with GYN oncology. Oh, wow. And that one is, you know, operating, operating maybe two, three times a week. And then the other times you're managing patients that are really sick. Ones that we make sicker because we give them chemotherapy and radiation and ones that are just sick from the cancer. Right. So you're th- thinking about all of this thing, that c- all of these things that could be going on in this patient's body. Yeah. And I liked that aspect of, of it. Yeah. So many different aspects of OB and GYN allow you to do that. Right. I'm delivering babies, but sometimes this mom's heart rate is too high, more high than what I would expect. What's the reason for it? Or she's having a fever. What's the reason for it? So how how late in the game did you pick OB? Oh, very late. Okay. It was my last rotation in third year. Okay. And then during fourth year, I was still undecided. So I talked with both departments. I was actually undecided between urology and OBGYN. Yeah. I crossed out internal medicine a long time ago. So I guess I was just really trying to pick, do I want to deal with, you know, male or female genitals? (laughs) (laughs) I think I picked the right side. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) I know because a lot of people, even my age, they're like, I wish I just knew what specialty I wanted to go into already Mm -hmm. because it would make it so much easier to figure out like what extracurriculars to do, like what research should I do? What, you know, what should I focus more on? If I just knew my specialty, I could focus that more. But I think that's a good example of you really don't know until you experience things in rotations. Exactly. It's about what you like doing. You know, it doesn't matter. First years and second years, you generally like learning everything that you're learning. You're like, wow, this is cool. Wow, this weird disease exists. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize what you actually like until you get your hands on it. Oh, yeah. That's Um, true. You know how they say that you're going to change your major more times than you're going to change your car or the color of your car? Yeah. Some saying like that? Yeah. It still stands true (laughs) in medical school. Probably even more so. Yeah, right. Because you could – I could honestly see myself doing so many different things. Mm -hmm. What do you see yourself doing the most? I want – Am I putting you on spot? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I want to say maybe emergency at this point, Mm -hmm. but I haven't done any rotations. I only like emergency because – I have shadowed there and I like the excitement of seeing something different every day Mm -hmm. and I don't want to just specialize in one small thing like the retina of the eye and then only see that for my whole life, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I like, I guess, just like being a generalist. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's actually a decision. I think the first decision that you have to make is do you like to get your hands dirty or not? Yeah. In the sense that do you want to operate or do you want to think? Or do you want to be somewhere in the middle? Because there are specialties that offer that. Right. Right? Just like emergency medicine, you're thinking. You're Mm -hmm. thinking always on your feet. What's going on with this person? Am I – is he sick? Is he not? Is he emergent? Is he not? Yeah. Is he staying or is he faking? Right. And you're thinking all the time about the physiology of things, but you're also doing a lot. Yeah. You're going to be intubating. You're going to be stitching. You're going to be doing lots of emergently life-saving things. Yeah. That's the first one. The second one is adults or kids. That's and true. I was definitely adults, even though I deliver babies. <laughs> but, you know, I really deal with the mom, so. Right. Aw, that's exciting. Yeah. So, okay, this is a little bit unrelated, but I've had this question for a long time. You're in residency now. Mm-hmm. Are the stereotypes true? <laughs> is there a stereotype? Is the ortho bro stereotype true? Um, 
Is it true to some degree? Maybe not, you know, completely. It's definitely to a certain extent. Yeah. There was a resident that I just ran into. I didn't know who he was. And I was like, are you a general surgery resident? And he was like, I'm insulted. I'm in ortho. Oh my gosh. (laughs) He was just being, he was, I think he was just being facetious in that sense, but. Oh my goodness. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. But the stereotype definitely exists. I yeah. think there's for OBGYNs, you're going to learn this. A lot of the general surgeons and a lot of the ones that are, you know, operating all the time are like, oh, we're not true surgeons. Oh, yeah. I hear that a lot. Yeah. 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 And that exists. Yeah. But the one thing that I will say is that as soon as a patient is pregnant, whether she is eight weeks or 30 weeks, everyone backs their hands away. Yeah. Because guess who knows what to do in that sense? <laughs> They're like, oh my God, surgery? I don't know what to do. She's pregnant. <laughs> oh my gosh does she need a chest x-ray but she's pregnant yeah and then guess who's the who's the boss Deciding in the show factor. yeah, yeah. exactly oh <laughs> yeah that's so good to hear I never like I've always had that thought or I've always heard about that but I never like knew if it was for sure true yeah because I think in in med school like the people that want to go into ortho you can guess that they want to go into ortho you know right I mean you know the same goes true for for OBGYNs, if a patient comes in with like, you know, she delivers, she's having hip pain, and we're like, oh man, we don't know, this is a little bit more out of our league than what we're used to. This is, you know, we get a chest x-ray, uh, sorry, a hip x-ray, yeah. and we're like, oh, there might be something going on. We're just going to consult ortho. Right. Because right. we don't touch that. Right. And they they think that, oh, something's going on in the uterus. Oh, there's a vagina. Yeah. And they're not going to touch any of that. Yeah. They're going to consult OB. Right, right. And I deal with that a lot. Yeah. It's Sometimes. all like team. It's a team sport. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. It's a team sport. And you kind of go into your own little niche. Right. That's Sometimes I get consulted because a patient is having some vaginal bleeding. Yeah. And I go in there, talk to the patient, and it turns out she's on her period. Oh, my God. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to do a pelvic exam if you're on your period. I would get so mad if somebody did a pelvic exam <laughs> I when know. I was on my period. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> so, so Sometimes funny. that happens. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, so you know me better than anybody. (laughs) What would you think, solely based on my personality, if you had to pick a specialty that fits the stereotypes in some way, what would you pick for me? Oh my gosh. Now you're putting me on the spot. (laughs) It could be like a little bit of everything. Like, I just really want a free personality analysis here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I definitely don't. I'll tell you what I don't see you in first. I don't see you in general surgery. Okay. Partially because I'm hoping that you have a better life than that. (laughs) Sorry to all the general surgeon wannabes over there. Um, But I see you, I see you being really happy in OBGYN. Oh my gosh. My hope is that that doesn't happen because then, I mean, we would have two OBGYNs in the family. Yeah, but we could start a practice. My mom is peeking out over the, we're in the basement (laughs) recording this and my mom's peeking out and she's disapproving of two OBGYNs in the family. What specialty do you think that I would fit well in? No, looking at what you have been talking to me and your previous experiences, I think you you are leaning towards uh, emergency medicine. Mm-hmm. But I personally don't feel that you are cut out for that. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> because it's a lot of stress. savage. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, because it's a lot of stress and... You want raw and real, guys? It's here. <laughs> Okay, so now that we've talked a little bit about what my mom thinks I'll be good at or what she thinks I should do my residency in, what do you think I'll be? Um, 
So now that I've gotten some time to think about what I think you should do, I see you as a neonatologist. Wow. Now the reason for that is because I feel like every single time you're with babies or like little tiny, little tiny little newborns that cuddle with you, you're just like up in the clouds. Yes. Very, very happy about it. You really like that <laughs> up in the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> and... You know, I could see you doing that, although neonatology can potentially be pretty sad, so. Yeah, but I don't, the reason that I would stray away from that is because I don't want to see, like, the sickest of kids because I love them so much. Yeah. Until they're, like, five years of age. But who knows? Maybe it would be gratifying to help those sick kids and see them healthy. That's true. See them become healthy. That's true. But in that kind of specialty, isn't your patient, like, more so parents more than anything? Like, that's who you're talking to. That's who you're like corresponding with and all that in terms of like medical decision making yeah but your patient is your right, is right. little child in front of you that's yeah. so interesting yeah. i've never really thought of myself as that because my love for babies has was very recent right i <laughs> never liked babies until i started volunteering yeah in houston and then i picked up a three-month-old yeah. and i was in love <laughs> yeah i think it's like a recent opinion that i form <laughs> Okay, so now that we've talked a little bit about me, I'm going to get into asking my sister some questions that I have for residency and just about her med school experience in general. So where did you go to med school? So I went to the Ohio State University <laughs> College of Medicine. I have to say that. I have to be a little pompous about that. <laughs> and what was your experience like there? Yeah, so just like, you know, every other medical student, your first two years are really just trying to be a sponge and absorb anything and anything that's just like thrown at you. Yeah. So you're You never know what's gonna be important. Yeah, exactly. And you're literally, you know what they say, you're trying to drink from a fire hose. Yeah. And so you just keep trying and keep trying and get as much as you can on an exam. You try right. to survive. Right. You get those eighty, eighty five percent, ninety percent, you know. Yeah. The first two years are really just all about expanding your base, building mm -hmm. a foundation. Right. So then the third year of medical school was where I think I had the most fun because I got into it and I started meeting all these new residents, meeting patients, meeting new attendings and new social workers, nurses, all this ancillary staff. Mm -hmm. And I realized that this was what medical medicine was all about, you mm -hmm. know, working in a team to better someone's health, mm -hmm. better someone's outcomes. And I yeah. loved that. Yeah. I absolutely loved it and like I said before like I love being in the operating room right so I had a good time third year was worth it and when you when you see a disease and put a face to it that's when you remember it yeah. so all most of the information that I remember and that I have now as a resident comes from my third year rather than the first two years where I'm just learning from an open book Right. Understandable. Yeah. We also had an endocrinology block unit type thing and we had patients come in and talk about their diabetes cases and how that was all diagnosed, mm -hmm. how they were, you know, like thirsty as children and how that kind of presents. And then you yeah. never forget those symptoms once you see their face. Right. To it. Exactly. I remember now that you speak about the diabetes <laughs> patient panel we had one and I remember him saying one of the patients that we met and talked with that his thing that he misses the most now that he's diagnosed with diabetes was going to this famous Indian restaurant in Columbus Aww. and as a group of medical students you know a group of friends we decided 
that out of that diabetes panel, what we learned was to go and try this restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so that very night, we went and ate there. Oh, my god! And gosh. it was absolutely delicious. Oh now I understand why he misses it so much. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. That's so but funny, But it's though. a good thing he avoids it, I guess, you know? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. That's like one of those experiences that you will remember because of the people you were with. Right. And to this day, I remember his name, his face, everything about him. Aw. That's so nice. <laughs> Okay, so going into residency, what is one of the most important extracurriculars? We know that we have to do a lot of extracurriculars in order to, you know, get a spot in a residency. So what is the most important one, you know, from like volunteering to research to networking, any of that, what's the most important one? Right, so that's a good question. I think that in some of the more competitive residencies like plastics, ENT, dermatology, the things that are going to get that door open for you and get you that interview are your grades and your step scores. Mm -hmm. Step one matters way more than step two right but the thing that's going to keep them interested is research got it definitely research so those are the kind of the basic things to have these days I everyone think, has them now. right exactly it's nothing special it's really just checking them yeah. off of your list right yeah. um but the thing that's really going to set you apart from the next individual is getting your name out there getting yeah. to know these people getting to network putting your name on their radar and you do that by, by talking to the people in you know your own department at your own med school. Right. So whatever you're interested in, the ENT department, the OBGYN department, get to know them. Right. Get them to like you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if yeah. you like create that spot for yourself, like I deserve to be here. Exactly. Be so that's like really it. my biggest advice. Cool. Yeah. That's so interesting. Right. Um, <laughs> I know as medical students, we're always a little bit on edge because we're so irrelevant when it comes to like being able to do anything clinically. Mm -hmm. So as a resident, what is your outlook on medical students? What does the ideal med student act like? What is their <laughs> purpose in an OR? What am I, how do I behave? <laughs> um, first of all, you're not irrelevant. <laughs> I've worked with many, many medical students now, and I remember some of my best ones already. Yeah. Six months into residency, I remember the ones that I liked the most. Yeah. And it wasn't because they were the most eager. It wasn't because they were the smartest of the bunch. Mm -hmm. It was mainly because they formed connections with the patients. And they helped out. They were intuitive and they had insight into what I needed. Right. And I think that's the way to become a part of the team. Right. Because there are always going to be areas that you can help in. And if you can find those areas without being like, what can I help you in? Or what can mm -hmm. I help you with right now? To where I have to take time outside of my day to say, hey, can you do this? Mm. If you just go and realize that that's not done yet and go do it, mm. that's the best way to help out. Got it. And it's hard to get there. That comes with a little bit of experience. It's not going to come on your first day of rotations. I guarantee that. You're going to realize, oh, this hasn't been done because this patient was seen, but then this wasn't filled out. Mm -hmm. Let me fill it out and then give it to the resident to just make sure that all the information is correct. Nobody, no resident, no attending, no nurse is ever going to fault you if you ask questions about the things that you don't know. Got it. it shows your interest. It shows that you're thinking critically. There are moments, I worked with medical students on my night rotation at, on the labor floor. It's a very hectic. Patients come in screaming and there are medical emergencies with bleeding and stat C-sections that we have to do. It can get kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. So to find your place in a team that's very, very busy can be difficult for medical students, oh, yeah. especially when you're, you feel like your hands are tied about doing anything independently, mm -hmm. right? Because you're just not allowed to quite yet. 
But I had medical students who stayed up with me and they said, hey, you're seeing this patient in triage. Why don't I go and update the board for you? Mm. And they updated the board to the extent that I would just walk in, look at the board, and I, I would know exactly what I had done to my patients and what had been done so that I can present Got these it. patients in front of the entire department. Those were some of the best ones I had. That's so good to know. Yeah. Like I never, I never knew that because especially in like, I don't know, any clinical setting as a first year, I feel so insignificant. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know anything until I'm like more like prompted. Right. Like, well, what do you know about this? Well, what do you know about this subject? Then you realize you know a lot more than you think you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, the resident, a good resident is going to be somebody that teaches you Mm-hmm. whether it's by asking you questions or by giving you examples or other patients to see on your own, mm-hmm. right? So I always like start by saying, guys, I'm going to ask you questions, but don't, I, I literally don't care if you know the answer. I just mm-hmm. want you to learn. Got I it. don't care if you get it wrong. It's better if you do because then you'll remember it. Got it. And that's how I start my whole discussion. Aww. And then I ask, okay, so what do you know about this? How do I diagnose it? What does a patient present with? Great. So if I start this patient on this, what side effects am I worried on, about? Got and that's it. how they learn. And I then the next year med student. <laughs> that sounds so lovely. Yeah. And then the next morning I let them see a patient with that condition cuz it seals it all up into a nice little package. Aww. Yeah. That's so nice. <laughs> Don't okay. Cry. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. It's fine. I'm emotional as a human. <laughs> But okay, related to that, what are some things, some funny things, you don't have to go into detail or (laughs) anything like that, but what are some things that med students have done that you were like, don't do that? Like, heck no. (laughs) Um, Goodness, let's see. There was a medical student who would literally just, I think this medical student was not very comfortable around women delivering. babies, And that's like a setting that you could get uncomfortable in, but I... Trust me when I say that you will not be more uncomfortable than this woman trying to have a baby naturally through her lady parts, okay? (laughs) I'm going to keep it PG on this podcast. (laughs) But this medical student would just go in the room, stand in a corner while we're counting, like enabling this woman to push and coaching her, encouraging her. And she would literally just stand there and stare this patient because she was uncomfortable and I think just mildly awkward in situations like that to the extent that unfortunately the patient was like who is this woman who is this person staring oh my gosh at me when i am naked oh my gosh and then asked her to leave that's the worst yeah and i have i have many many stories just like that that's like (laughs) debatably worse than just being like a complacent med student who like doesn't go out of their way to do anything but if you make the person uncomfortable (laughs) That's so cringy. Right. You don't want to be remembered for doing something like that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Even if you're uncomfortable, you should just fake it till you make it, honestly. Yeah, exactly. I think it wasn't that she was uncomfortable. I mean, she was a little bit, but I think it was just because she didn't know what to do. Yeah. She honestly couldn't really be coached either about what to do, so... That's so funny. So do do those people come to you more than once? Like, do you get to see her again eventually? Yeah. see her growth? I, I hope so. Usually the when the medical students that come onto our OBGYN service, they'll rotate in OB, they'll rotate in GYN, they'll go through gynonc and a clinic. So they see the outpatient side as well. So I typically get to see these med students from, you know, week one to week five, week seven. Yeah. And I do see growth, which is great, especially if they've been working with residents that 
take the time to teach them. Yeah. And you can tell. You can tell the ones that have been doing reading on their own. Sometimes I'll print out articles for the medical students to go and read about because they ask very good critical questions about, hey, why did we do this? And I'm like, that's a great question. And I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Let me give you an article. You read up about it. And then why don't you tell me tomorrow? Because wow. you're going to remember more rather yeah. than me just spouting out words to you. That's so cool. Yeah. So you find that personally, you find that impressive when like med students read up on things that they're going to mm -hmm. see that the next day they read up on it the night before and kind of. Right. Or read up about a surgery, not just how to do the surgery, because that's something you'll learn inside the operating room. Look mm -hmm. up the anatomy mm -hmm. and then look up, why are we doing this surgery? Right. Why are we putting this patient through anesthesia and a scalpel? Got it. Why are we cutting this patient on the table? Yeah. Right? Seems like something you should know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess it's not that You'd intuitive. You'd be surprised though. Yeah. <laughs> so we've obviously found out that my sister has a love for keeping people healthy and <laughs> keeping her patients healthy, but I want to know, what are you doing to stay healthy? What are your New Year's resolutions? Do you have any? Hmm. So my New Year's resolution, I'm glad you led with that because it is actually about health. Yeah. And fitness. It always is for everybody. I know. But there has to be a way to make it last, right? For sure. <laughs> My New Year's resolution is actually to start swimming. Ooh. Yeah. The reason for that is, you know, initially I was like, why don't I just start going to the gym first before buying this whole new membership? Mm. You know, I have a gym at my apartment. I have a gym at the hospital I work at. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very close to me and I can, I have no excuse to not go. Yeah. So I was like, I should start with baby steps, mm -hmm. try and get myself there. But it's difficult. It's mm -hmm. difficult to be on your feet all day long and then go for a run. Yeah. I used to be able to work out an hour and a half to two hours right. and do weights. And, you know, my lower back didn't hurt because I had great ab muscles. Like, <laughs> things like that, Grandma. right? <laughs> and now I'm starting to realize, wow, this part of my body hurts because this other counterpart is not supporting it as well anymore. Right. Right. So I want to do more of a whole body exercise. I think swimming is just... Yeah. Probably one of the biggest ways to do that. Yeah. It's high intensity, low weight bearing. Right. So you work out for 20, 30 minutes of just pure laps, yeah. different styles, and you're burning 500 calories. You can easily burn like a thousand calories for an hour of swimming. Right. And I need something fast and effective and I need something to wake me up. So I'm thinking yeah. that that jolt of water cold water yeah cold water warm water just being yeah. woken up by water and being wet in general <laughs> would get me going yeah and usually you feel like this like endorphin rush after swimming i remember That's i so used to true. do that i used to go swimming like i swam like every day in one summer randomly i went to like the community center and swam every day i used to work at an amusement park yeah and i used to like walk outside in the hot like summer air and then I would go straight to the community center and go swimming. And it was like the best thing. Yeah. And that would be my workout. So we'll see if it sticks. I'm going to try my hardest to make sure it does. Yeah. Starting it with at least maybe two to three times a week. Yeah. I think it's a good initiative to take. That's so nice. Yeah. I need to make something like that. But my – this isn't really a resolution – but something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, I made a goal maybe a couple months ago that I wanted to be able to dance because I'm just a really <laughs> bad dancer. Like I can't, my body and my brain do not line up. Like, you know, I think that's in your head because no. you look good when you dance. No, that's, it's all different. I can't do choreographed steps. Like I can't remember anything. My brain 
like doesn't send signals to my body to mm -hmm. do what <laughs> I'm seeing on the screen. And then I'll like look at myself in a mirror doing a move that I just think I look like the hottest person ever <laughs> doing. And then I'm like, that does not look like, that does not look right. <laughs> so my resolution is to, I found this dance to Havana by Camila Cabello on YouTube. And it's a pretty easy dance. It's like random like salsa steps and like, so I'm, I'm trying to get that dance choreographed. I've practiced a couple times while I've been here in our basement. Hopefully I will get to a point where I'm just confident about my skills and I'll be able to just like upload it to my Instagram. Great. So look out for that video coming 2019. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I also have just the same fitness goals, like mm -hmm. just staying on top of you know, working out, doing yoga, at least maybe two, three times a week, whatever's manageable. Mm -hmm. I tend to be pretty good about that until it's like the last two, three weeks of the term. Yeah, I know. That's when all the exams are. And sometimes it's, you know, you have to realize that prioritizing and finding a balance is, it's dynamic. Mm -hmm. You're going to find a balance that tips one way sometimes and the other way the other time. So it's totally okay and okay to honestly forgive yourself for not carrying on with the things that you do yeah. in order to prioritize one thing over another. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone's always, you know, talking about how important health and fitness is, but there's something sometimes in your life where it can't be your number one priority. Right. And so it has to be on the back burner for a little bit. Exactly. And sometimes your number one priority should be sleep. Yeah. Right? Like that also increases your metabolism. That increases your mental health. Everything. She said it. If the doctor says we can sleep, we can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that as my excuse now. <laughs> this girl doesn't need any more though. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> can sleep anywhere. <laughs> it's a talent. And drools anywhere. Editing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so any other New Year's resolutions that don't have to do with health and fitness? And the one kind of corny, cheesy, not really, a, you know, a New Year's resolution per se, but just something that I want to start doing is possibly going on dates. Wow. <laughs> what a confession. Yeah. Aw. Like, you have to put yourself out there if you're okay to start looking. Yeah. Right? She's single, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> just a gentleman, mostly. <laughs> I wish I could ask you more details, but I don't want to put your personal life on blast here. <laughs> but yeah, one of my resolutions that doesn't have anything to do with health and fitness is this podcast. Mm -hmm. I just really love having a creative outlet and talking about my life. There's a lot of things that I want to tell people about and I want to like get my voice and my opinions out there. And so this is a good way to do that. And just getting a bunch of feedback and getting responses on my Instagram of people saying that they like it, that they listen to it on their way home from work, that it's actually like something they look forward to on Sundays now. Like that's yeah. such a good feeling. And like, I just like making something, you know? Right. Yeah. And you are affecting people. Yeah. All the while doing it. I feel like you've always been the more creative one in between the <laughs> two of us. But you've always been the more artistic one. Artistic, sure, in terms of sketching and drawing. But you know, you've been that creative one that always <laughs> needs that outlet. Yeah. It's been a while since I've actually drawn something or sketched something or really put the time into painting something so yeah fun fact I used to have a talk show called seconds with Saeed <laughs> and it was literally I didn't have friends uh what's new um <laughs> but it was my sister basically dressing up as different people and I would interview her and one time she was somebody who whose house had burned down or something yeah 
She was, was a great actress. <laughs> Seconds with Say was a news channel. <laughs> I was trying to be like iCarly, I think, <laughs> but it was before iCarly was a thing. You see what I mean, guys? <laughs> Always the creative one. <laughs> I also have many, many videos regarding this, so if you really become fans of this one here. <laughs> Exposed. Exposing me. <laughs> So that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. But thank you so much to my sister for joining me. <laughs> you have to say it like that, don't you? Yes. Sister. She's annoyed. She's annoyed at me. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on this podcast. Of course. So hopefully you guys learned a little bit about residency, about my sister's experiences in med school, and it was helpful to you. So look out next Sunday for the next episode of Brown Girl, White Coat. And thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. And, and good luck to everyone out there with their new own New Year's resolutions. For sure. And thanks for making this podcast a part of your day wherever you are. <laughs>